sometimes we just have to ask ourselves the question, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Because sometimes we can't have both. And we moms know that most of the time we are right. <laughs> but how important is it? Like in this moment, is it is it more important to be right or is it more important to be happy? And we get to make that decision every single moment of every single day. Get what you want. That's what we're talking about today, guys. Hey, everybody. I'm Maria Sansone, and welcome to another episode of Mom to Mom, the podcast. I mean, who doesn't like that premise, right? We all want better. And today I've got a great conversation coming your way with someone who actually wrote the book on this. Julie Solomon is a business coach. You may know her as the host of the very popular Influencer podcast, and she is the author of a brand new book called Get What You Want, How to Go from Unseen to Unstoppable. And I think we are all here for that. So today in this conversation, we dive into boundaries, how to say no, comfort zones, and the questions, sometimes tough questions, that you need to be asking yourself to build the life that you always dreamed of. And she shares with us the one word that changed her marriage forever for the better. So take notes on this one, guys. Here is my conversation with Julie Solomon. Julie, hey, welcome to mom to mom Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations on the launch of your book, baby. Get what you want. How to go from unseen to unstoppable. Yes. How do you feel right now? I feel really good. I feel, uh, I feel unstoppable. I feel, um, feel very in flow. You know, I think that you know, whenever anyone does a big endeavor like this, there's times it could be very overwhelming, very stressful, very chaotic and all of that. But there's been moments of that, obviously, because I'm human. But um, it's right now, it just it feels really good. There's there's an ease to everything. It's finally out in the world. And so, you know, I don't really have to hang on tightly to anything, which is really nice. Now it's just that that time where you kind of get to sit back and see how the world is embracing this. And I know for you that you really wanted to get your message out there and you wanted to make an impact. And I know the book is still relatively new, but are you feeling like you're making that impact that you wanted to? Yeah. You know, I, I have been really fortunate with my years of doing what I do as a business coach and helping women build personal brands to, to see that impact firsthand when I'm working with people either one-on-one or in a group capacity, but to see it kind of go out through a book and to have women that maybe they've never even heard of me, or maybe they've only listened to me on my podcast, or, you know, there's, there's a lot to my story that I don't think a lot of people know. And so to feel that impact through the connection that they're having in this way has been really awesome. And I know lately you've been focusing a lot on freedom, that concept of freedom in your coaching and on your podcast. So we're going to get into that. Let's start by kind of defining what you mean by freedom and why that is such a focus for you right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that for me, freedom is being able to live your life on your terms and whatever that that means to you and and having the capacity to have that radical abundance, if you will, with with what it is that you want to do. I feel like for women and especially moms, there's so much of our time that isn't quote unquote free. There's so much of our life that isn't free because we have 
babies that need our attention and we have spouses and we have schools and we have communities and we have jobs and we have all of these things that it is so easy to get into that pattern of feeling shackled by our lives instead of feeling free with them. And so to me, it really is this mindset of, I asked for all of this. Like I asked for my family. I asked for my kids. I was blessed to have two healthy ones. I've asked for my job. I've asked for, I've asked for this to-do list. So why am I acting like I'm so shackled by it when it was a choice that I actively participated in? And so for me, it's really about reframing kind of that limiting and uh, learned helpless, helplessness mindset that we can get into when our lives start to get really big and, and you know, we start to really live them fully. And what does that look like? So to me, it's really about focusing in on the freedom that I, I get to have this amazing opportunity to live my life on my terms and to work from home and to also be a mom and to also be, you know, a wife and, you know, how do I make sure that I don't waste that? And I think that it's really seeing the gift that is that instead of being shackled by, by it. I'm nodding my head a lot here because I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. And I think a lot of people who are listening can probably relate to this too. The more I get what I've asked for, the more that my vision board becomes real, it feels like the more overwhelmed I become. And so if the goal is freedom, it's like the things I'm getting to create this freedom are sometimes in some ways shackles. So it's sort of like a double-edged sword, right? Mm -hmm. We want these big lives and we want to not have limiting beliefs. But then when we get there, we don't know how to juggle it all. Or how to handle it. (laughs) And I think that it's because, you know, we're we're never going to, there's never going to not be a time that we're not being downloaded with new dreams, new ideas, new thoughts, new creative endeavors, new things that we want out of life. I mean, we're we're never going to be able to get everything that we want because we're always going to be wanting more and more and more and something new, which is a beautiful thing. And so I think that it's, and, and with that idea of overwhelm, I really just see and define overwhelm as when we haven't caught up to what it is that we've asked for. Hmm. That's when we start getting overwhelmed. We haven't, our energy, our reality has not caught up to everything that we say that it is that we want and desire. And that I think really comes from us not thinking and feeling that now is enough. You know, we're always like, now is not enough. You know, I want to be there. We either get past focused or we get future focused. I want to be there or there or there or anywhere else but now. And so that is very overwhelming. Instead of learning how to, I think, more embrace the now and and what is what is the now teaching me and what can be learned and shared from this place and how is it going to get me to more of where it is that I want to go and more of what it is that I want. I think that's always the goal, especially for a lot of moms that I talk to, is that we're trying to live in the now, try to live in the moment because it is fleeting, especially with little ones. You know, they're only this age for so long and we just want to enjoy it. But we're being tugged in so many directions. And that's, I think, contributes to that feeling of overwhelm. It just always feels like we should be doing more, 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 more. So how did you make that transition from toxic work environment from living a life that was just go, 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 go to this place that you now consider more of a freeing space. I had to really start taking stock at my part to play and the chaos that was being created in my life, you know, where I may not be able to control everything that happens to me, but I can control how I respond and react to things. I would talk about or focus on all of the challenges and the pains and the struggles, but never what was actually available to me. And so it wasn't until I really started to become aware of, you know, there's a challenge, there's something that is in my life 
but I'm not just going to sit here and talk about it and dwell on it. I'm going to become aware of it. And then I'm going to work on removing it if it's not serving me and where I wanted to go. And that's where I share the tools, the three A's that I have that I love. Yeah. That Let's I, get into that. You've yeah, got like actual tangible three tools of freedom because I, I know when I'm at home, I'm like, I need the cliff notes, please. Yes. And thank you. So you've got three tools to freedom and they're the A's so we can remember them. Yes. The three A's um, that I actually learned when I was, I had gotten myself in a lot of debt and needed to get myself out out of it. My husband found out because I was hiding it from him. And it was a very just shameful time in my life. And I hit this rock bottom. And I knew that I needed to start really living in reality and not this fantasy. And I needed to stop freaking out and dress rehearsing chaos because then I was just kind of creating it. So the three A's helped me do that. And it's what really allowed me to get into more of a place of, of ease and, and freedom. And so the first A is awareness. And that is just us choosing to start to identify that there is a problem or challenge or dysfunction that exists that needs to change. So for example, you know, it's not my toddler that's the problem. It's my frustration that's the problem. And so again, keeping it on myself, my ta I can't help that my toddler is 20 months old and she is in that phase of like, you know, we're in the diapers, we're in the mess, we're in the chaos. And I could get yes. easily frustrated and overwhelmed by that because it is very overwhelming. But am I going to focus on what I can change or focus on what I can't? So I'm aware that I'm in this season and that it is what it is and that I'm getting very frustrated about it. And then we go to the second A, which is acceptance. And that is often the most uncomfortable place because that's when we have to start to be accountable and responsible for removing this dysfunction, this thought, this belief that no longer fits. So I kind of see it as like this, it's a jigsaw puzzle to your life that no longer fits and it needs to be removed and only you can remove it. Your husband can't remove it. Your kids can't remove it. Your boss can't remove it. Only you can remove whatever that thought, challenge, dysfunction problem is. And then if we can do that, and acceptance is so hard for people because, again, it's that kind of that learned helplessness. If the solution is out there and not in here, then the payoff is I don't have to be responsible for the results that I'm seeing in my life. I can just stay in this learned helpless state. I can stay in my control state. I see this a lot with moms like me who feel like if you want to get something done right, you just have to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And like, why even like, tell your husband how to do it because you're going to do it faster than he can anyways. And it's just, I'm just going to do it all. Guilty as charged. Yes. But when we get in this, this moment of, I have to do everything myself, that is just another, it's another form of control. And it's another form of learned helplessness, because basically what we're saying is that we're a victim to our circumstances and no one else can help us. And so that's why we have to do it all. So when we start to get into that acceptance, we, we start to really see reality on reality's terms <laughs> and just, we start to honor it for what it is and not what we wish it could be, or even honoring other people for who they are and not what we wish that they were. Then we can go into action. And then this is when we can start to create new plans, new systems, new ways of thinking that really help us recover and restore a lot of the things that are typically lost due to that original dysfunction or problem. So this is when we can start to take action and then things like confidence and self-esteem and balance and ease and all of the things that we say that we want in life can start to come back in. And so what I love to tell moms that I work with, because I work with a lot of moms who are also, you know, they have 
full-time jobs. They're either entrepreneurs or they're, they work in corporate America or whatever it may be. You have to make the decision of, would you rather live in an environment that's filled with chaos and anxiety and never enough and control and perfectionism and insanity? Or do you want to live in an environment that's filled with serenity and peace and hope and love and joy? And here's the thing, and we know this about moms, we own the script, like the script of our lives, the script of our homes, the dynamic of how things, we run the ship. So when we change the script, the script changes. That is how powerful we as moms are. We have the the dynamic to, to truly completely shift and reshape the dynamics of the home, the communication of the home, how we communicate with our spouses, how we communicate with our children. We are powerful enough to do that. We're not powerful enough to change and control everything, but we really do hold, we are that anchor. And I think that our family really looks to us to be that. So the less that we see that in ourselves, the more that we're actually disempowering this beautiful gift that we have to change the script and to set a new stage, if you will. So with that, I'm hearing, wow, that is so powerful. But there's also a responsibility on us, right? If we're in a chaotic headspace, if we're not right, the whole family feels that, the whole family, it trickles down to. So I'm wondering how we do this. To live that life that you were talking about before, serenity and peace and feeling freedom, does that mean we have to say no to some things? Does that mean we've got to cut some things out of our lives so that we can focus on what's important and really prioritize? Yeah. You know, yeah. and if we don't do it, the universe has a funny way of doing it for us. I, so, amen. You know, whether that's your health, whether that's your, you know, your job, it's like, it's crazy what all can kind of hit the fan when you don't listen to what you know needs to change. And so, and, and in the book, I talk a lot about this. It's, it's about setting new boundaries, um, you know, setting non-negotiables. Like you, you can change the price of what it costs to access you. Boundaries are your currency. Use them. <laughs> they are, they are there to, you know, protect you, keep you safe, honor you, um, not only in, your professional life and in your social life, but also in your personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, Learning how to say what you mean and mean what you say and not say it mean Mm. is, is huge. Getting really clear on why you feel the need to react or respond to something. I think that especially with a lot of the women that I work with and I'm this way, it's like we have really good ideas about how everybody else needs to live their life. And if they would just listen to us, yeah. <laughs> the world would be a better place. But that's just not how it works. I mean, maybe with our kids, obviously, because they can't take care of themselves. But when it comes to friends, family, colleagues, spouses, you know, we have to give people the dignity to have their own life experience. And when we're constantly trying to jump in to fix and control and change and shape, we're we're stealing that dignity from other people. And so we have to start creating those boundaries of getting really clear as to, you know, are you someone who jumps in and offers help even when no one asked you for help? Like that's a clear sign that you need to create some boundaries. Mm. Do you find yourself over apologizing or over explaining or over sharing? That's a clear sign that you need to create boundaries. There's an acronym that I use that like literally saved, I think my marriage and it's, it's stands for it's wait, W-A-I-T. And it stands for why am I talking? Ah. If you can ask yourself before you start just you're talking to a professional 
Talk a louder. Yes, <laughs> me too. This is why this was so life-changing for me. Oh my God. Okay, okay, tell me about this. I'm writing this down. Why am I talking? Why am I talking? W-A-I-T. Wait, wait, pause. Why am I talking right now? Am I trying to fix something? Am I trying to jump in and like be a savior to somebody who never asked for my opinions or my thoughts? Is it because that I'm being self-righteous and I think that I know what's best, even if I don't? And even when we really do know what's best, <laughs> like, do we really? Like, you know, are, are we really that powerful to know what's best for everybody and everything on this planet? No, you know? And do I feel like unworthy right now? And am I trying to get some kind of validation or attention? You know, is that why I'm talking right now? Do I feel uncomfortable? And so I need to jump in and, you know, create some noise where there is silence because that makes me feel safer. So it's really when you wait and you ask yourself, why do I want to talk right now? It allows you to A, become more aware. And it goes back to those three A's. Like you become more aware of why do I feel the need to say something right now? And it also can help you align your clarity of, of how you really Really feel with the words and with the intentions that you're saying. And that's the thing, you know, for me, I have never regretted pausing before mm. saying something, but I have regretted saying something too soon. Of course. And, and, th and that can also be very exhausted, exhausting and overwhelming because if you're, if you're constantly jumping in to let me give you the answers, let me give you the answers, let me give you the answers. We also start to enable patterns and behaviors of people expecting that from us which then again puts us in this perpetual state of like feeling needed or needing to be needed. And I think that that's also a slippery slope for people. If you're wanting to be needed so deeply, like why is that? You know, let's get kind of clear on where all of this is coming from. And so I think that, that that's also important. When you start looking for those people and you see it in family dynamics all the time who need you, you're always going to be moving into that space of neediness and having people need you and this kind of really destructive codependency behavior that can happen. But the thing is, is you can't really give your energy to someone else. You can only demonstrate that to someone else, even with your children. And so I think that, you know, we're actually setting them up for better communication in their own lives and better independence and better dependent and better independence and less dependency when we can start modeling that at a young age. And so, you know, for a lot of moms, myself included, because I've had to do a lot of work, I mean, a lot of my desire for my kids to need me comes from my own codependency issues of not feeling loved, of being abandoned, of all of these things as a child. And so we just have to be aware of, am I just picking this challenge up and now dumping it on my kids, even though it's coming from a positive intentional place or not. And I think that, you know, the difference as a mom, you know, it's somebody could be thinking, but Julie, like, what if my kids actually need me to go and like, get this thing for them? Obviously they can't do it. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, the difference, you know, the difference when you are actually helping your child do something that they can't do for themselves versus always jumping in to do for them what they can do for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's been a huge awakening for me as a coach, as a mom, as a, as a wife, I, I no longer do things for people that they can do for themselves because I, I believe that it enables a, a really lack of boundary and, and something that doesn't always feel in line to me.
And something definitely to think about as a parent, because that sets them up for success. I know that having kids has made me a much better listener, mainly because mostly my oldest, she's in second grade and she's very bright and she asks me some very difficult questions. So I've taken that pause, not by choice, but by design, because I have to really think about how I want to answer these questions, because sometimes, frankly, I don't have the answers Mm -hmm. and I want to meet her where she is. So I have to follow up and, and say, why are you asking me this? And where is this coming from? And kind of see where she is before I jump in with all the answers. And I've also been very honest with her lately too, about I don't know. Let's explore that together. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. And I think that that's valuable, too, for them to know that mom and dad don't always have all the answers. Grownups don't always know. I mean, there's so much that's happening in the world that's very hard to explain right now. And we don't have the answers, but it's something that we can, like, look at together. I want to talk about because I think that people there's a lot of women right now who are taking leaps of faith, whether it be like with career. And I think it has a lot to do with the pandemic, shaking things up with work. Maybe they've decided they want to work completely from home now. I think there's just been a shift. And one of the things you talk about in your book and in your podcast and in your coaching is about going outside of that comfort zone. Now, for a lot of people, this is very scary because that means the chance of failure. Right. Right. And that is like the number one thing that people are afraid of is failing. But you have discovered that this is the key to success going out of the comfort zone. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, I think that um, the comfort zone is I mean, what really is that? You know, I mean, what are we making up and telling ourselves that that is? Because that's always going to kind of put us at different stages. What maybe one person's comfort zone could be somebody else's different comfort zone. I feel like what most people think as comfort is any, you know, they don't want to feel the discomfort. They don't want to hear the word no. They don't want to fail. Heaven forbid they're not perfect. And so we kind of stick to what I would be is what I would call more of like a status quo bias. And to me, that is when someone is afraid are even kind of too inertial to change their current circumstances. For example, moving somewhere else for a better life or a better job. Most people don't want to do it or won't do it. They'll talk about it and complain about it all the time, but they don't think they think it's going to be impossible or they think they don't think hard enough about changing the basic circumstances in their life that is actually causing the suffering and pain. And so to me, I think that how you overcome that is you have to, I believe that you have to have something to believe in. And that's really what's, what instills in us this desire to be more loving, to be more kind, to take more risks, to be more communal. I think a lot of people have gotten so disconnected to themselves, their desires, their communities, their friends, their networks. And it's hard to believe in, in what's possible and something greater when you feel so disconnected and disembodied. Or they may say that they do it, but their daily actions don't back it up. And I think that that is what ends up really causing a decay in a lot of our own self-worthiness and our own self-belief in what's possible. And if we don't have that belief or that worthiness, then we're not going to be able to get a better job or move if that's what we're saying that we want to do or just really improve habits so we can get better rest, have better relationships with our spouses, earn more money if that's what we want to do. And so I think that it's, it's really getting out of that mindset that there's some kind of, you know, bad bad bias to what you see in the community. And so I think that that 
and when I mean the community, it could be what you're seeing on social media, whatever that may be. Um, so I think it's a little bit about taking ownership of that, getting out of your own way. And you have to stay curious. You have to, you have to think, well, wouldn't it be great if I could move across the country because that's what I want to do? Or wouldn't it be great if I could ask my boss for that job promotion? Or wouldn't it be great if we finally took that family vacation to Europe that we've been saying that we've been wanting to do for years, but we keep telling ourselves that we can't afford it, so we don't do it, which then means that we're not actually taking time to budget and save for a family vacation because we're just telling ourselves that we can't do it and it's not possible. So wouldn't it be great if, and then I think the next question that you can ask yourself is what would it take? If we really want to go on this family vacation to Europe, what would it take to actually make that happen? How much does it cost? How do we want to do it? What is that going to look like? And can we start putting a plan in place to get there? And sometimes those plans are often really simple. I, I worked through this with a client of mine. She was wanting to go to Italy for the summer with her family without nickeling and diming the experience. But she had never taken the time to actually sit down and be like, well, how much do the flights cost? What hotel do you want to stay in? What is the cost of that? What kind of activities do you, do you want to do while you're there? How many weeks do you want to be there? And when she was able to really break it down, she was able to see not only that it was possible, but then how her job as a sleep trainer could actually supplement that. And, you know, she's like, I could work for the next six months and every single piece of income that I make could literally go for this trip. I could pay for this trip for my family. And that's how I'm contributing. And that's amazing. So I think that it's about getting out of your way and, and, getting less lost in that status quo bias of nothing ever works for me. Nothing's possible. It's too hard. If I hear the word no, then that means that I just need to go live under a bridge because my life is over. <laughs> um, I think too, the idea of also getting, getting really good with hearing no. When I first started my career as a publicist, I was not able to leave my desk at the end of the day unless I got direct feedback from every single person that I pitched, yes or no, and why they said no. So I think it was hammered within me at a younger age to not take no's personal and to really learn from them because that's where we're going to be able to fine tune, to pivot, to tweak whatever it is that we're wanting to do or whatever it is that we're wanting to offer. The other thing I think people need to realize is that our brains are hardwired to say no to anything first because it keeps us safe. It's just, you know, do you want to do this? No. Do you want to invest in this? No. I mean, how many times I can't even count how many times I've brought this fun idea up to do something with my husband. And I'm just, I don't even want to bring it up because I know that he's going to tell me no, <laughs> you know, that's just like his auto response. But when I've learned to be like, okay, let's get that. Great. You said no. Now we've gotten the no out of the way. Now let me kind of, you know, talk to you about it a little bit more to warm you up to the idea. If this is something that means a lot to me that I really want to do and let's see if we can make it happen. So I think that it's about the fear is there. We can't necessarily remove the fear sometimes. Fear is just a feeling, but we don't have to let it be in the driver's seat. We can push it over there in the little sidecar and then we can keep moving forward. We're covering so much here and our time is almost out. So I'm trying to think of how we can best like land this plane. And I'm seeing your books behind you. Get what you want. For people out there who are watching or listening, what would be your best tip for someone who is looking to get what they want and to really just grow. Yes. So I want to say something kind of general first, and then I'll, I'll get a little bit more tactic, but I think for moms, especially if you're wanting to grow, grow in your business, grow in your family dynamic, grow in your social dynamic, whatever it is. Sometimes we just have to ask ourselves the question, do I want to be right? Or do I want to be happy? 
because sometimes we can't have both. And we moms know that most of the time we are right, <laughs> but how important is it? Like in this moment, is it is it more important to be right or is it more important to be happy? And we get to make that decision every single moment of every single day. So that is the first thing when it comes to growth, because when I think of growth, I think of not only maybe growing your bank account, but really growing your own personal development, growing your ability to have love and share love and, and feel joy in your life every day. So that's really important. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing when it comes to growth, whether you have a side hustle, you're an entrepreneur, you're working in corporate America, I would say that it's about getting really clear on your why, which I talk about in the book. There's an entire chapter on that, your purpose, and then mapping out a blueprint for your success. Most people don't grow because they are kind of just searching around to try to piecemeal what they see other people doing or what they think may work without having a proven formula. And I love to use the metaphor of baking a cake. I love to bake Cakes are awesome. I, I pretty much kind of know the formula off the top of my head now of the recipe of how to bake a cake. But if I was going to bake a German chocolate cake for one of my best friends for her birthday, I'm not just going to trust what I think I may know. I am going to go and get a recipe that has been proven to be delicious and amazing and easy to make that I can't really mess up. And maybe I'll add some of my own elements to it but I'm going to use this recipe. I think the same goes for anyone who wants to see a growth and success. You have to stop just trying to piecemeal it and figure it out and go and find a proven recipe that works. You would never build a house if you didn't have an architectural plan. You know, most people are not gonna bake or cook anything unless they have a recipe to follow. The recipe for growth is the same way. So whether you learn it from someone or you read it from somewhere or you invest in something, go find a, a recipe and a process that works. The other thing that I'll say quickly is that I see a lot of women try to copy what other people do because they think that if it worked for this person, then it would work for me. What I say, and I share this in the book and what I mean by this, I don't want people to copy what I do, but I do want them to copy the way that I think because I have a mindset and I have a strategy that works for that. And so how can you start to copy the mindset and the focuses of people that you admire or people that you think are successful or people that are growing and you wanna emulate that? You know, what, what do they think about? What do their routines look like? Who do they surround themselves with? What kind of books do they read? You know, what are the things that they're doing in their day-to-day -day lives and who they're spending time with that is actually, rewiring the way that they think and show up in the world. And so that's, that's another piece. You have to kind of stop copying and more acting as if you are becoming the woman that you want to be tomorrow. So you can get those results today. Thank you so much for your time today. We could talk and talk and talk till the cows come home. All right, guys, she gave us some great homework there to go and live the lives we've always dreamed of. Thank you so much for joining me here on another episode of Mom to Mom. Just a reminder, if you are in the New England area, you can watch Mom to Mom, the TV show. That's on Mondays at 1130 a.m. on NBC 10 Boston. And in the meantime, you can binge on so many episodes of Mom to Mom. We have covered so much ground. So there's something for everyone. All you have to do is go to the places you find your podcast and type in mom to mom with Maria Sansone. And if you'd be a gem and rate and review, I'd love you forever. Give us the big five stars. Um, all right, that's up. 
That's it for us today. And I will see you next week right here on Mom to Mom.